In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. In my first semester of my first year of college, I had to pick an elective. And so I saw that astronomy was a possibility, and I thought it sounded wonderfully romantic. To read the sky like sailors and farmers, like the shepherds, like the wise men. It would be great, I thought, to impress friends at night when we're walking along and point out the Pleiades or the Big Dipper or something else more obscure. I thought it wouldn't be bad to spend hours in darkness in the university planetarium and to ponder those big questions about the cosmos and the Big Bang and all the other things. I could not have been more surprised. Those of you who have taken astronomy know that it's mostly math and physics. It is endless, endless calculations. What I found that, at least in my class, there was very little romance and a whole lot of reality. Life can be like that, can't it? We look for the stars, we, we catch the glimpse of a star, we want to follow that star. We want to follow our dream or the direction in which it seems God is leading or pointing. And yet, somewhere along the way, we're wrenched from our stargazing and put into reality. Stars can seem to fall, can't they? We try our best to hold on to the light received at Christmas, and yet we live in a world of refugees and unemployment, of uncertainty and government shutdowns, of a world in which the environment is changing so much that an 11-year-old can die from an allergy to the fish his aunt is cooking. We have our own stories of tragedy and challenge. Friends or family members who die too young, too quickly, too slowly. Following stars can become difficult. In the part of Matthew's gospel that immediately follows what we heard today, the star in the east begins to fade as the angel appears to Mary and Joseph and warns them about King Herod. And so instead of returning home to Nazareth, Mary and Joseph and Jesus are are led as refugees into Egypt. They're looking for safety until a time that it's safe to go back home. Following so quickly after the joy of Christmas, just 12 days later, here we are on the day of Epiphany. And we meet up with all the complications of faith, of having to make decisions, of having to leave the familiar, of being urged by God to leave what was comforting and calming and to move ahead Uh, Sometimes into uncharted territory, sometimes with people we don't know very well, sometimes with little to go on in the way of provisions or supplies. 
And so the Magi, the wise men, can lead the way into the uncertainty of this and any new year. We all have our own version of stargazing that turns to something else. But among the messages in today's gospel is the word that no matter what, God is with us. No matter what, God is still with us, still showing us the way, still watching over. As we just heard, wise men from the east see a star and they try to interpret its meaning. Almost immediately they run into trouble. It's not going to be an easy star to follow. King Herod has also heard about this star. Then King Herod is one of those rulers who is both um, ferocious and insecure. And so he's afraid. He feels threatened and he gets, he gets ready to get rid of the potential competition. Herod tries to get the wise men to work for him, to go and see this star and come back and tell him where exactly this Messiah is born. The wise men have lived on in legend. Tradition has even given them the names of Caspar and Melchior and Balthazar. Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows if they were kings or wise men or exactly who they were. And yet the wise men are not called wise for nothing. (laughs) They're smart enough to avoid Herod on the way back. They get a sense of where they need to go in order to be faithful to God, in order to find God, in order to see God. And notice the risks they take in following the star, in trying to reach Jesus. I suppose as magi, they risk professionally. If they don't find this Messiah, they'd look like fools. (laughs) They risk spiritually. Since finding the Messiah might mean making adjustments to one's values, to one's faith, to one's priorities, to one's relationships. And then finally, in this account, in following the star, they risk physically because King Herod does not hesitate to kill those who cross him. And yet the three mysterious magi with persistence and faith, make their way forward. In Matthew's Gospel, we're told they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh. Some commentators would suggest that these are simply the gifts of wealthy people. Um, But, of course, tradition has put into this a prophetic overlay. The, The gold signals the coming kingship of Christ. Jesus is king of the Jews, but also king of our hearts, and in Epiphany becomes king of the world. Frankincense, like incense itself, is the stuff priests use to make things holy and make things smell good, to call down visual and physical prayers upon things. And so the frankincense points to the future priesthood of Christ, his role as sacrifice and redeemer. And myrrh was used as an anointment at the time of death. And so the myrrh foreshadows the suffering and death of Christ. We have our own version of the three kings in the the bottom right panel in that first window on your left within um, the apps. You can see it later. 
In this story of the Magi, we have um, wonder and curiosity and, and, and faith in its purest form, and yet we have danger and foreboding and death lurking all around. In his poem, Journey of the Magi, T.S. Eliot captures these various images, the, the sense of excitement at having found new life, the life of God, no less, but also a sense that for the wise men, the Magi, they may encounter death along the way. Eliot imagines the wise men making the journey. He writes, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, They have times of trial and times of regret, hard times ahead. And yet, being led to the place under the star, one wise man wonders. In the words of Eliot, this, were we led all the way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. The Magi points to those little deaths, those little occasions that happen in our lives that can feel like death upon us, and yet with faith we we move through them, we overcome them. We are born again and again, practicing our faith in this life until that final enemy of death does its best, but we are victorious over that as well, following in the way of Jesus our Savior. The epiphany is about revelation. It's about the revelation that even though life in this world can be confusing, can be mixed with life and death and death and life, the epiphany reminds us that Jesus Christ has come into the light of the world. He is the light of the world for everyone. And so this light is ours to to hold on to, to harbor, to develop, and to warm by, but also to extend and to share and to watch it go through the world. A star appeared to the wise man in the east. Stars appear for us as well. Sometimes we need one another in order to see them clearly. Sometimes we need practice in order to spot them. And sometimes we need simply to stand still, to breathe deeply and to look and listen and wait. In this new year of faith, may we know God now by faith, but also be led into God's presence where we will see his glory face to face. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.